Welcome to the old bastard martini lunch. This is a show about advertising and design creatives with an audience of one, me. I'm Peter Morse. This is my show. listening thanks i appreciate it these are recorded conversations between me and fellow ad professionals primarily for my own enjoyment uh but that doesn't mean that you're not welcome in fact you know come on back to our booth and listen into our discussions All right, so I'm continuing my conversation with John Hayden. He's a partner and a creative director at Agent. And we're continuing the bourbon cocktails as well. Um, this episode starts with his experience with AMC Theaters and ventures into a lot of discussion about, you know, doing right by a client. So there's lots of good ad talk here. John's very passionate about his craft and, and it's contagious because you can tell uh, once I start just buying into this, uh, his thoughts about just how excited my responses become. I get a lot more. Exactly. Exactly. Yes. Yes. So I, I really get worked up as, as well just uh, from some of this discussion. And maybe it'll connect with you as well. Let's see. Join us in our booth at the back as we continue to share John's bourbon and his stories. Before we get into your yeah. story, we've got uh, round two here. Cheers. 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 So what we're drinking is uh, we have the traditional Manhattans, which is bitters, bourbon, and uh, sweet vermouth. I like to add a, a, a layer of complexity to the drink. So I split the amount of sweet vermouth that you normally use in a Manhattan, and I use half ounce of sweet vermouth and a half ounce of Amaro, and it adds like some some spices and a layer of complexity that kind of switch up the sweetness mm. that vermouth adds. Yeah. Mm. And then I I always prefer orange bitters over Agnostero, which people can lynch me for. I don't care. Uh, <laughs> but um, it's all over. So yeah. using orange Maybe bitters after I as well. <laughs> Yeah. I, I I like it because I think I'm not not been a big fan of um, of this cocktail. Yeah, I was just thinking the same thing. I'm not a huge Manhattan fan, but mm-hmm. I like this a lot. I, I find that people that think Manhattans and the sweet vermouth gets heavy, the Amaro really makes it palatable because mm-hmm. uh, it cuts the sweetness. It, it it gives it some spice towards huh. like, to like the anise, like the yeah um, spice. And you call it like, anise? I call it anise. What okay. are you? I mean, anise. Anise. Yeah. Anus. That just sounds. <laughs> that just sounds perverted. Yeah. <laughs> Can I get more anise in this? Who said that? Yeah. Can I get some star anise? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I would drink this. Yeah. See. Well, it looks like and you are. <laughs> as you are. Mm-hmm. That's not a lie. That's you would very literally would drink. drink that. I would drink this. Yeah. yeah. You would probably drink it again. Mere moments or. Even just at this very moment. Let's see. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I would drink that. But that's not miming. You actually swallowed that. I did. <laughs> <laughs> but the star of the show is the Basil Hayden. So, yeah. yes. Well, Cheers, yeah. Grandpa. You definitely got to yeah. showcase that. Mm-hmm. 
Ah, good. So, yeah. you asked me for a, for a story. One of the highlight projects uh, that I worked on was for AMC Theaters. And they have had this uh, red ball logo for years that they had, you know, added circles to. And, you know, they didn't really know what to do with it. And they had said when we started working on this, you know, you know the red ball, whatever. Right. You don't have to use it. You don't really have to do anything with it. And uh, we sat down and I thought, no, there's there's something with that red ball. You know, and it's kind of this, as this kind of strange 80s Tron type or, you know, this yeah. is kind of a, it's kind of an odd little thing. And um, I just kind of felt like, no, I'm not, I'm not really going to listen to that. Um, I'm going to take this red ball and make it mean something. Yeah. Because it kind of felt like they really needed something like that. They needed a story attached to their their logo or their identity. You know. Well, um, like you said, it's just kind of flat, and there wasn't a lot to it. And they perceive it as just this throwaway thing. Yeah. Maybe you use it, maybe you don't. You know, and in your head, it's this is opportunity. They definitely weren't in love with it, but I, you know, I felt like, especially for uh, you know, a company that's shows movies all over the world they needed to create some meaning for it and right. some reason for people to love it so that's really where the idea came from i was thinking well what do you do with this red ball and how do you how do you tie it to the movies or celebrate the things that we love about the movies because what it lacked too was um, emotion yeah they, when i say they hadn't given it meaning i mean that there was no emotional story that people could attach to uh, and fall in love with, and so we uh, we were concepting, and I, I I drew this circle with some alien eyes in it, and that was really well. I guess some of that came from they'd done a lot of research about how people go to why people go to an AMC, and their major markets are, are pretty urban, and I wanted it to kind of feel a little bit urban, but I uh, wanted to do something cool with it. Sometimes my approach is it just has to be cool, right. you know. Um, I think that we can kind of get bogged down in the research, and I think the research is important, um, but it really comes down to, you know, that idea. Um, and it just needs to connect with people, and sometimes that, just the fact that it's cool that they did it is enough. Just all it has to do is be cool, and there are a lot of brands that have done that. And, you know, yeah. maybe I'll get criticized because... Maybe that doesn't work for a financial institution, but I think, you know, or some of these clients that are traditionally more conservative. So, so this has got to be cool. Yeah, so more and more brands are figuring out. Sometimes it just has to, I guess another way to put it, which I've already said, is it just needs to uh, make an emotional connection that's meaningful. Um, so I just kept drawing this circle and I was throwing it up on the wall and. <laughs> Some folks were taking it down, you know, saying, no, there's nothing right. here. And, I'm, and I guess that, that goes back to making things happen. I was like, no, there, there's something here. And you kind of get this itchy feeling and you just know, but you just need the time. So I executed a few more, you know, red balls that pertain to the, you know, movie genres. And that's what ended up winning the business. And once people, once I was at able to express that and people could kind of see that vision it's something out of nothing people got it and it really clicked that's that's kind of a challenge all the way from taking it to flat to animated yeah. 
Coke loved it and said, we want your characters to appear in our spot at the movie theater. And that's one of the cool things about ideas is that people want to be, well, ideas and I guess you could say a brand is an idea and people want to take part in. Well, sometimes that idea is very the product itself. Yeah. <laughs> we always use Apple. Apple is the idea that you can use technology to free people. Have, well, have you seen the, the new spot they did, the, the video they threw out for that? Well, it's, they, they did a, a longer form video where it's, it's people like telling how the Apple Watch has benefited them, like monitoring blood sugar if they're diabetic or yeah. like, like okay. if their small children are, um, have a rare disease where it can monitor their, their well being parents can be red flag like it was just, yeah. oh like and then now that the watch is cellular I go well can I just get the watch and not have a phone <laughs> yeah <laughs> I would love yeah. to just be like yeah this, well this is it. <laughs> no you can't because the, then the NSA wouldn't be able to track you I'm gonna put a chip in my ear <laughs> <laughs> Ryan's ready he's gonna just sell out I, 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 I argue with my wife all the time about this because she's she's so anti big brother and I'm like you think you think a smart thermostat in my house is gonna stop yeah. those fuckers from checking in? Yeah, yeah, you're, I know. You're like they already know. Sweetie. It's like oh, they know I was, everything. I was in the Marine Corps. They know everything <laughs> about me. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> I mean, sometimes I feel like we give them way more credit than so. Maybe they know it, but maybe they 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 just don't know how to interpret yeah. well, the information they're getting in a and, way. That's, and I'm a I'm a big proponent of like I don't do anything that's going to get me thrown in. Well. In long-term jail. Yeah, yeah. That, <laughs> but that being yeah. said, I don't think it's a. It's the good stories business. come from bad decisions. Yeah. So like, I don't know where I heard that. I heard that recently. It sounds like yeah. something Ric Flair would say. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay. So um, the most infamous Marine ever is Chessie Pooler, and he he said, "You're not a real Marine until so you've been NJP, which is now judicial punishment." So someone who got in trouble got punished for it, and they like, either lost rank, pay, put on restriction. And like that was a guy who's like, you know, you you aren't huh. a real marine unless you've done fucked up and then been punished. You aren't a real marine until you've broken the rules. Yeah, that, that's kind of relevant to what we do. I feel a lot of opportunities and success happen when breaking the rules. Yeah, when you break those rules. Yeah, because yeah. there's been things that projects I've been attached to where something comes through. This is what we want, and some of my biggest successes have been. That's what you say you want, but that's not really yeah. what's going to achieve your your goals. Yeah, it's you like do this. Think about this. Think about what the spirit of what the plan is asking for. Exactly, they, they hired you to think beyond their ability, I guess, and, um, to think in a new way. And you are supposed to break the rules or go back and say, "Well, we didn't really give you exactly what you." Thought. I I yeah. think there's a lot of value to that too. There's a balance because they, yeah. you know, I've worked with some people that are just kind of like, well, fuck them. They don't know what, you know, they want, and like, I don't think that's responsible. Yeah, that's but on the other hand, I, I yeah. do. I've worked with account teams that are very literal. That are this is what they said they yeah. want. You're not looking at the spirit of what they want, like yeah. you said. And if we approach them and say, you know, this is what you said you wanted, but we really think yeah, this is what you should do. So here's how we approach that at agent. When, it, when a client says we want it like this, maybe we disagree. Right? We, sh we should. I don't think we ever got to it. I, yeah, we never even mentioned. So, that. so, so you I, were at Bailey. Yes. And then you left Bailey, and you are now a partner at. Yeah, you know, um, agent 
was created by four, four partners. Uh, we'd all worked with each other in some capacity at different places. Uh, three of us left Bailey Lowerman. Uh, myself, Raleigh Drennan, and James Strange, and we joined uh, Monty Olson, who already had an agency. agency and we combined forces and um, created Agent almost four years ago. Nice. So just trying to bring yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, I, I understand where. Yeah, I mean, like I said, talk about back, breaking the rules. I'm kind of an asshole. Like, I don't even get to the basics. <laughs> oh, that's like, okay. Yeah, John That's Hayes. the best part about this, <laughs> yeah. this yeah. format is that we get to jump around. Yeah. Right. Okay. I just want some continuity for the. Yeah. Okay, so. <laughs> for partner, for the agent. Yeah. I forgot what I was talking about. You were talking about. I'm about, about your, halfway through this, yeah, yeah, this Manhattan. Yeah, your process. Because we were talking about sometimes accounting is very little. We have clients and. Who asks for something, and we always want to give our clients the benefit of our expertise and our experience, and maybe there's a better way to do things than what they ask. But we will show a client, here's what you asked for. Right. So we feel like we've fulfilled their request. Yep. And they, we want them to feel like, hey, you listened. Exactly. Um, because exactly. If, if they feel like you're not listening, then things can go really south. Yes. Really quickly. And, you know. Um, but then we, we show them our recommendation and tell them why it's better. And I think that that's one of the differences um, is that there are a lot of agencies or teams or uh, that won't you say there's a better way. Yeah. I, I have the freedom to do that or balls or whatever you want to call it to say, no, this is the better way to do it and here's why. I, I think that's awesome because I've worked in some places where it's, we're going to twist the client's arm and then they're just going to do what we say. Mm -hmm. And I've worked at places where they're very quickly going to say, this is what they said, this is what they get, yeah. that sort of thing. Just checking boxes. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's a really good approach because, number one, like you said, it says we're responding to exactly what you're saying. We're listening. This is what you say. This is our recommendation, number two. Mm -hmm. um, that doesn't mean that, number one, is a shitty choice. And that means that we really feel strongly about the second one because yeah. they might go back to that. They do one. sometimes. Yeah. But what happens then in that is that opens a discussion that in their minds is we never perceived ourselves like this and you're buying real estate in their head mm -hmm. and they appreciate the fact yeah. that you're thinking of them. That yeah. They might not be oh, comfortable with that. Yeah. And, and you know, like, even if they don't go for it, the, in that instance, maybe yes. the next time they trust you. Exactly. I think, you know, from a design, design standpoint or a creative way, I think it's easy for us to forget that what we're working on isn't the only thing that's going on with that marketing manager. There's a whole lot more that they have to consider than we do. Yeah. You know, it's easy for us to say, well, like, you know, buck the system, but there's a whole other culture that they kind of have to... Um, navigate and sometimes you have to think well maybe this client does know more about their business than I do yeah but I, everything you're saying yeah. is, is absolutely right yeah and, and that's what I've struggled with which is when people say the client is an idiot no the client knows a lot more about this than we do yeah. and there may be like you said stakeholders yeah. mm -hmm. or other people are politically in an environment where they don't realize the information or what they're sharing yeah. with you, what's appropriate at what time. Yeah. They're trying to give you as much as they can, and they're trying to work with you as best they right. can. They're not an idiot. We're not asking the right questions sometimes. Yeah. Uh, I think our job, too, a lot of the time is just to remind <laughs> remind clients who their audience really is. Right. 
you know, in a respectful way, saying, well, these, yeah. these are your clients. I, I remember working on an annual report a long time ago. Uh, we, the, the idea was to send a photographer out into Nebraska to capture real customers, kind of in a photojournalistic way. Right. Really cool. We were going to go shoot actual customers. So we sent a photographer out and we got all these really cool photos and they said, go to this community, go to this community. And the interesting thing was that the client rejected these people. These were their actual they're, customers. They're people. <laughs> but they had never been faced with the reality of who their customers actually were. Right. And they didn't want to show these people. That's not us. No, it really is. These, these are your customers. And I think... Um, these are the people who rely on you. Yeah. <laughs> So, I feel like this conversation could go yeah, in a it could lot really of go, different directions. Um, I'm thinking of two things. One, clients really do forget their job is to eventually sell product to people, real people. Right. And to me, a brand is, there are a lot of descriptions of brands, but it's a relationship with a person. One person, you might send a lot of messages out through broadcast or social media or whatever, but it's going to reach that one person at one time. Yep. And so it's a very personal thing and people forget that it's a human being, you know, as opposed to a target. Right. You know, this kind of impersonal relationship. Um, damn, this Manhattan's killing me. <laughs> I guess I'm just bringing it up the uh, That's yeah. all right. Yeah. Uh, That's like the format story. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, like, this whole thing is, is just funny because we're just kind of going from here. I really well, okay. only I know you... a fraction of, of, like, your work history or what you Yeah. Doing. It's really a, a, a pretty big uh, mess right here, but that's all right. <laughs> This is the most, come back. This is the most advertising conversation yeah. we've ever had. On yeah, yeah. yeah, well, I'm, I'm sick. I actually like it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> it's what I do in my spare time, too. So Lee Clow was, or the documentary Art and Copy, he was talking about the agency that he started out at. And the point that he made, which really stuck with me, was, hey, if you're just doing exactly what the client says, then you're milking them. You're just milking the client. You're just saying, yes. You know, and you're kind of ripping them off because you're supposed your job is respectfully to dis disagree sometimes, or show them a better way, or say, "Hey, uh, remember your actual customer? These are the things that they believe in from you." Um, so, well, so if you're going to act as a true partner with a client, um, having an understanding of business um, is important. I think even as a designer, because otherwise you're just kind of designing to suit yourself. I'll toast uh, that. Yes. Yeah. I, I think and that I think is that's, very, very, very true. And that's an aspect that I've been trying to break young designers of is mm -hmm. like, hey, you, you are not the audience. Like, like this looks really great, and I appreciate what you, the work you put in, but, but this isn't right. Mm -hmm. And they get frustrated and angry, and, and yeah. But they have to understand, like, like yeah. no, it's cool as shit. Like, this is great work. <laughs> But it's not right. Yeah. Like, I mean, there, there's good and there's and there's right. Yeah. And those aren't always the same thing. Yeah. Especially looking at it from that business perspective. Yeah. And that's that. I think you being a partner, you're going to have good insight to that. They're yeah. not going to have that perspective, but you are. Sweating the budget. Yeah. Exactly. The real, you know, always helping them build a brand. And, Unless you're doing yeah. something bad. Yeah. Which ties back to your idea of there's good and then there's right because I've seen a lot of campaigns that I thought were brilliant campaigns and I thought they were really smart or funny or clever, mm -hmm. but were just terrible for, yeah. for, yeah. The, for the 
for the brand. Yeah. I'm just waiting for the next client comes to me and says, you know, we're not bringing this product to you because honestly, we don't want it to be that successful. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, we'll see when that happens. <laughs> Make sure to you know, update us yeah. on that status. Yeah. Uh, don't make us billionaires, just millionaires. <laughs> yeah, is yeah, fine. yeah. Multi-millionaires, cool. I gotta draw the <laughs> billionaires. That's gonna be way too in time. Nice. In time. Yeah, yeah. We'll ease into the billionaire status. <laughs> yeah. So what? What else you got? Jeez, I feel like I'm ready. You gotta take off, Holt. I've got a hard out. Well, maybe I can get you convince uh, Ryan Holt to give me another one of these before you take off. We sure. Yeah. Okay. Good. Do that. All right. Thank you once again, John Hayden, for your time and your bourbon. I feel we did not leave much after uh, this conversation. Uh, Definitely a lot more conversation to be had, but not a lot more bourbon. And because this industry tends to produce um, a lot of really big egos, it's refreshing to hear someone that's more excited about the, the work than their own brilliance. You know, be confident, but be humble. Those are words that I tend to live by. It's good stuff. And hey, if you're interested in seeing John's work, be sure to check out his company, Agent. He's got a lot of good stuff on the website, and they do post stuff on Facebook as well. Or you can uh, look for the man himself at J.V. Hayden on Instagram. Thanks for listening. If you like the show, please subscribe on iTunes. I'm going to keep doing this show as long as I can get some bastard to take my call. Finally, you can follow or interact with the show on Twitter at Bastard Martini, or you can visit the website for recipes and show notes. It's oldbastardmartinilunch.com. In the meantime, have another martini, have another scofflaw, have another Manhattan, man. That's all good. I know I will. <laughs>